What's up, everybody? Brian Tong here. Welcome to the Apple Bits XL for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Okay, everyone has been asking to for me to make a video version of this podcast along with the audio version. Look, sometimes I'm on the road, and if you're watching right now, you are seeing where Brian Tong grew up. If you're not and you're just listening, you missed out. But special guest to join me in my bedroom as a young child, KTLA's Rich Demiro. Tech reporter extraordinaire, Rich. What's up, dude? Hey, that sounds really bad, but I just imagine you and I uh, <laughs> chatting about like all kinds of geeky stuff, like Jurassic Park, and like you know all your Star Wars memorabilia as kids. Yeah. yeah, I mean, right now there's some Star Wars on the other side. I've got literally every Spawn toy that came out. I've got a Star Wars poster. I got some NBA. Oh, here I'm gonna move. See that? See that little collage there, Rich? Yeah. That that was before Photoshop existed. That was handmade. I cut out magazine clippings of Chris Weber, my favorite player from junior high all the way through high school. And I made a handmade, handmade. Wow. Gosh. This was before AI could just, you could just ask for, you know, whatever you wanted. But here's the thing. I mean, it's, uh, I, my parents moved after, you know, like the, the house I grew up in, they're not in anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of sad that I don't have that excitement. The last, like I would come home during college and like go through old boxes in my room of like all these little, you know, knickknacks and memorabilia that I kept over yeah. the years. So it's, yeah. it's definitely fun. It brings you right back. So it, kind of cool. it, it is super nostalgic. And, um, you know, it makes me laugh because it's literally, this is like my high school room and it's yeah, pretty clear. It's it a is. snapshot in history it is. of young, it is. young Brian Tom. Uh, so so good. So okay, Rich. Um, you know, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, did you want to kind of tell people really quickly where they can find you? Also, I mean, you are hosting your own tech radio show, so please just let's 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 get into you a little bit. Yeah, t- tell people what I you're up to. I love it. Okay, and you've been a guest by the way on the radio show, so uh, it's it airs on the uh, premier network, so on iHeart Radio stations. If you're in Los Angeles, it's on KFI AM six forty Saturdays from eleven to two. It's called Rich on Tech. Super easy name. And it actually airs across the nation, which is kind of fun. I don't know yeah. why they handed me the keys to this, but it's been a great show. It's every Saturday. And of course, you can get the podcast after. Uh, just go to richontech.tv. And my social is at richontech. So enough about me. Let's talk about tech. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so this is the Apple Bits XL. So we're going to talk Apple, but we're also going to talk about another event that you and I were at. But I think the big news that kind of flew a little bit under the radar just because there's been so much tech news happening is Apple announced their recent um, earnings for the quarter. And guess what? Apple isn't necessarily immune to some of the economic slowdown that has happened across the industry. Uh, Rich, I know you have some kind of numbers just to give people a general idea of, you know, maybe earnings wise, how they're down and even in the different product categories. Yeah. So uh, iPhone down 8% year over year. Mac down 29% year over year, iPad up 30% year over year, which I think is is really telling about a couple things. And then wearables, home and accessories down 8% year over year. So that's just for the quarter. That's for the quarter, right? So that's that's Q1. Um, So I think in general, uh, you know, it's one of these things that, like you said, nobody is immune to the changes that we've seen. But at the same time, these companies were coming off such a high during the pandemic. I mean, we're on Zoom right now. And it's like, remember, <laughs> I mean, Zoom was like the everything, you know, six months ago or a year ago. And at this point, you know, I use it a couple of times a, a month, you know, versus like several times a day. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, I think Apple actually... Well, I don't know. I don't know if they fared that well, but the iPads being up, I think is interesting because people still want that experience of having a nice sort of, uh, you know, device that they can do a lot on, but maybe it's not as expensive as a full laptop. Yeah. You know, I think you make an interesting point because I'm surprised that iPad revenue was up just to give you an idea, because you talked about how um, iPhone was roughly 8% down, correct? So let me just at least give people an actual number. They they brought in $65 billion this quarter versus 60 versus the 68 they expected. So that's typically their target number. Um, but you know, you did talk about how they're year over year down iPad revenue from a standpoint of how big the iPhone is compared to the iPad. iPad revenue this quarter was 9.4 billion. So you're looking at iPhone revenue, which is basically seven times the amount of iPad. But to your point, the iPad showing some growth here that 
people, if you said, oh, Apple's down across the board, I don't think you would say, oh, I bet you the iPad category is up. Right. Well, I'd also be curious about the services category because I know that's a, a big area of growth for Apple. And I know myself, like I'm subscribed to the Apple One, which is like, you know, 33 bucks a month, which, you know, that's a significant amount of money. I've got the, you know, I've got Apple Fitness, uh, they've got the cloud storage. So as people get more ingrained in this ecosystem and they subscribe to more Apple services, I think that that's a huge growth area for Apple because you've got the iPhone and you've had it for years. And some people are very hesitant to pay for that cloud mm -hmm. storage. They're looking for a way around it, or maybe they're using a different music service. But as they kind of um, make things more appealing to kind of consolidate, that growth could be there too. So um, I, don't, I don't look, I, I think that Apple is still, you know, iPhone still generates a lot of the revenue at Apple. And I, I know that's very, very clear to a lot of people. But at the same time, I think they've done a really good job treading um, very carefully into these other businesses. I mean, they do look, you look around, AirPods are everywhere. You look around, Apple Watches are everywhere iPad is a standard tablet. And so it's just a matter of kind of like making sure that the iPhone stays competitive and people still enjoy that experience and want to upgrade sooner than later. That's the other thing they're running into. You know, also, whenever you see any stories or you'll see these stupid hot takes where let's say uh, even with economic conditions, Apple's iPhone sales are down a little bit and you have the whole Apple's dead Apple's going down. I'm going to tell everyone right now, every year, every year you hear that. If 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 the iPhone is like an S year where they just make improvements under the hood, which arguably totally refines that that model, you hear, "Oh, it looks the same. They're going down." No. I'm I'm no. sorry. You you can I've heard this for now what? 15, 20 years. It hasn't mm -hmm. happened because of the ecosystem and the user right. base that right. keeps it going. Also, let's not forget that if you look at, you know, IDC came out with the uh, smartphone shipment numbers for last year. And yes, last year was down. I think it was the worst year, 18, negative 18%. It was the worst wow. year in, in many, many years. But let's not forget that Apple, Samsung sold 260 million phones or shipped 260 million. Apple shipped 226 million. Now, those numbers used to be uh, very different back in the day. Apple has really narrowed that gap between the top phone maker and them. So they're still shipping a lot of smartphones. People, you know, overall, the thing I hear is people love their iPhones. There's really not a person that you meet that says, ah, I don't like this. I just use it just because they like really enjoy using it. And I think that's a huge advantage for Apple in, uh, in this device. But again, it's how do you make people want to upgrade sooner than later? Because these things have gotten so good People just keep delaying that upgrade for another year, another six months, another 12 months, whatever they mm -hmm. need to fit their budget. I, th I think the you've seen how they've tried to entice people to upgrade more with with really aggressive upgrade deals now, right? Through carriers. It, before it was like, ah, I'm just going to hold on to my phone now. You're like, hmm, uh, it only is going to cost me two or three hundred dollars to make that upgrade. And you're that person who just always wants to have the new new. They, they make it a lot more enticing. To upgrade so um you know we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that but i also think when you talk about how apple has gone to these other product categories and has really kind of slowly grown them and developed them like you talk about right they have the apple watch they have the airpods i think it's gonna be really interesting this year to see what happens with this rumored apple headset this is a category that is quite honestly still unproven to be mm -hmm. a hit to the mainstream audience apple is getting into it and this is going to be a really this is going to be really interesting to see how strong the Apple ecosystem is and how much pool Apple is going to have, at least with this initial model to generate buzz, potentially push the industry forward to make it more stream or not. The pricing that's been rumored is not a mainstream price at all. Potentially three thousand dollars, two thousand to three thousand for the headset. This is going to be one of Apple's biggest challenges, especially under the current economic conditions and an audience that has not shown like we there was a phone audience. There we knew yep. people wanted headphones. There was a laptop audience. You know, the the iPad was maybe a risk riskier at the time, but this headset is the riskiest product that I think that they've ever entered into a market. Um, from well, what, as I, long as I can remember, 
I think it's risky at the beginning, but the absolute reality is that this, I believe in it in a big way. Like I believe that XR, mixed reality, whatever you want to call it, going forward, augmented, virtual, it will be a thing and someone will get it right. Mm-hmm. Apple has a very good chance of getting it right. Maybe not out of the gate, but Apple typically does things a little bit differently than everyone else. They also take a little bit more of a wait and see approach. And we've had virtual reality headsets on the market now for, for many, many years. Um, but have they been to a place where they're useful, where there's that software you want to use with it? And from what I'm hearing about this, you know, this Apple headset, it's going to be useful. And it's going to have that developer support. Apple has so many great software developers already making software for, you know, the iPhone and the app and the iPad and, you know, the Mac computers. So it's like a lot of that will just be adapted to this new headset. And I think that that is going to really be key in getting this thing off the ground. And yeah, it's not a, it's not going to be a, a hit this year, but in the future, I think Apple sees very big things for this because they can do it right and, and really do well with this. Yeah, I've talked about it. it. It reminds me of the journey of the Apple Watch, where when it came out, the Apple Watch really didn't what did it not nail it out of the gates. But over time, they saw how users really gravitated towards a few features and it evolved into something completely different. Quite honestly, the new watch OS changes well. So uh, I, I I feel like the trajectory of the Apple headset might follow similar lines um, just just as they figure out what people use it for. And, and what will be the killer feature that we haven't seen if it is really these true true high definition displays um that instantly that makes it more immersive just that alone you're you're already starting to get people's attention like what are they going to do in their platform that at least is a little different than what we've seen that even just moves vr and ar in general forward uh, i'm i'm just curious to see that so it'll be real interesting okay um rich i know macbooks came out mac minis came out homepod came out they dropped it on us the week after ces thanks i know we appreciate that we love it. But, um, you know, we haven't had anyone here on the show to talk about their experience with the new MacBook Pro. I have an M1 Max. I think the M2 Max is incredible, but I'm good with my M1 Max. But you, my friend, uh, did get a new M2 uh, MacBook Pro. I'm not specifically sure if you got the M2 Pro or M2 Max, but I'd love to hear kind of your experience and what you're going through and, and what do you think about it right now? All right. So I came from the uh, MacBook Pro 2019 Intel, mm. and I, I called that, I, I love that computer. It was fantastic. It was my first 16 inch MacBook yeah. Pro. I upgraded from a, I think, a 13 inch MacBook Pro. And so I really love that computer. It was fantastic, but it got sort of slow towards the end. Like it was, you know, it, it did everything I needed, but it wasn't so peppy. And so um, I knew that I, w- I didn't want to get the first generation of M1. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out, even though the reviews were phenomenal. I think Apple hit it out of the park with the first M1 chips, but I just wanted to sit and kind of wait because my computer was in a place where it was still okay. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, the day these M2s come out, I'm definitely going to get it. And so my biggest decision was really the 14 versus the 16 inch. The 16 (laughs) inch MacBook Pro with the M2 is heavier than my old 16-inch MacBook Pro. And so I really, at the end, was like, "Ah, do I really want a heavier computer? And so I went into the Apple Store a bunch of times. I'm sitting there chatting with anyone who will talk to me about 14 (laughs) versus 16. (laughs) And uh, I finally ended up getting the 14-inch. But I I don't know. I might have to uh, change it up for the 16. Really? Okay, so the processor is phenomenal. I mean, this thing, I I got the standard... I'm so impatient that I couldn't wait for like a custom build where like I wanted the 32 gigs and I wanted the two come terabytes. Come on, come on, Rich. This is for life, man. This is going to be a computer I, you have for a long time. I, no, it, it trickles down to my kids after like a couple of years. It goes, <laughs> it goes my bigger kid, little kid, and then my mom or dad. So they always get like my old stuff. Because um, these things, that's the other thing. It's like they're expensive, but they have such a lifetime. I mean, my dad is still using... My old, old MacBook, which is, you know, MacBook Pro, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, so I, I just got what's off the shelf in the store. And Apple plays a couple games with you because they make you, you know, if you really want like the 32 gigs out of the store, you got to go with the the uh, M2 Max, right? That's the high-end one. Yeah, you're saying so like I, the, the the options they have at the store, right? Right, yeah. exactly. They give you They give you like the base model. 
a middle model. And then you got to spend a little bit more if you want to get like, you know, some of the better stuff right out of the gate without waiting. You know, you can customize to your heart's content online. But anyway, so I bought the computer. Um, everything's been great. The software today when I, I had to, you know, install Zoom on it. And I, that was the <laughs> first time I ran into I've ran into like that Rosetta thing where it's like, hey, you know, we want to run Intel software on your, you know, Apple Silicon. So uh, I felt like that just ruined the whole experience right there. I was like, oh, this computer is going to go down to a crawl now because I've got this like non-native software running on my, it. My but, bad, my bad, Rich. Sorry, sorry that was no, it wasn't you. I I had a Zoom before you, so I had one two Zoom punch today for some reason. Um, anyway, but it's been fantastic. The computer is so fast. The battery life is just absolutely incredible coming from an Intel. I mean, I'm sitting here on a zoom. My fan is not going. We've been on for 20 minutes and I was on a zoom before this and I'm on a battery. I'm not on a plug, which I would have never done with my old computer. And it would be, uh, it'd be worrying like crazy right now. Yeah. You know, I think it's I love, you know, hearing someone that has been with an Intel because that was my workhorse as well. But as you keep on using this machine, how quiet it is. It, I, I even said in my review, you can't even say the word quiet because it doesn't make a sound. No. It doesn't make a freaking sound. It's done it maybe twice for me because I had to push it really hard a couple of times. But uh, it's an amazing machine. So you've had it for how long now, Rich? So I've had it for about a week and I, okay. I, you know, so the main things I do on my computer, I video edit, which I'm not as like high end. I'm doing mostly like quick little things for TV and also for, you know, social media. Uh, but it's very basic, not a lot of graphics and stuff, but just even just opening apps and final cut and all that. It's, it's just, it just cranks through them. There's just sure. nothing this computer can't do with, without like a hiccup or, uh, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't even, nothing phases it. Uh, Chrome runs faster. My exports are faster. And again, just the whole, I'm not a big fan of the notch. I'll be honest. It, it yep. definitely bugs me a little bit that that's up there. Um, and the screen real estate, you know, going from, from 14 to or 16 to 14, you know, it just sort of depends. Do you want something that's more compact and portable for travel? Like when I was up in San Francisco, I had this on my back, very easy to carry around. In fact, my backpack is so light. I don't, I feel like I'm missing my laptop. So every time I'm like checking in my backpack, um, there's no, uh, there's no touch bar, which I really appreciate because yep. I, I never wanted that at the beginning when I got my, my Intel, but it was like, if you wanted a certain level, it was like built in. Um, otherwise it's fantastic. So I just have to decide I've got a couple more days. This was the other thing I noticed, by the way, I don't know if you remember Brian, but back in the day, when you bought a laptop from the Apple store, there would be a restocking fee if you returned yes. it. 15%, so, if I recall. Yeah, I was looking at my old receipts and I was like, like my last, uh, a long time ago, it was like 160 bucks. Like it was like a certain percentage of the price, right? And so I, that's another testament to like, you know, talk about Apple, like people, you know, they, they have pros and cons about Apple, but I mean, that's pretty incredible that you can buy a $3,000 device and exchange or return it without any sort of worry within 14 days. I'm not even sure Best Buy does that. Maybe they do, but, um, the Best you know, Buy it's, fans it's, are coming for you, Rich. The, the geek squad is coming for you. You better be careful, dude. Do they have, I don't know, maybe do they have restocking fees? I'm not sure. I mean, it's I, just. It maybe it depends on the high value item. Um, you do have obviously a certain return period, but when I've returned stuff, I haven't had to pay a restocking fee. Um, and okay. I returned like a big a big ticket item maybe like two or three months ago. So I okay. I I, th I think they've been good about it too. I'm just showing. But I think some that's love. great. Yeah. That's good for the consumer though. I mean, I think that's yeah. really like back in the day, you always had like there were so many catches for like all these little things, and now. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, even with the airlines, like I'm, you know, I, I was on Southwest and it's like the fact that you can just book and change things. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I like the fact that when things are easier for the consumer, it really does make a difference because you feel like you can take that plunge, get that computer, or, you know, take that flight, whatever, and not be super worried about, okay, what's the catch here? So are you keeping this machine? Because I'll tell you right now, going from as a video editor, I look, look, I, I'm exactly where I, I wish I could take a 14 inch with me because it is way lighter. But for me, when I'm on the road editing, I need, I just, it just helps your eyes. I mean, maybe we're yeah. older. It just helps. You like seeing your video, larger screen real estate, a longer timeline. Uh, so yep. you, you have a few days left. What are you going to do? I have a few days left. I don't know. My wife is like, dude, she's like, I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> 
It's like I because I talked about which one I wanted for so long now. And then of course I put a poll on Twitter and I talked about it and this and that. But I don't know. I agree. I already adjusted the resolution on this machine to be smaller, which of course, you know, is tougher on your eyes. And so it's just one of those things. It's a trade-off. It's like, what do you what do you value more? Do you want a machine that's compact and portable and and lightweight, or do you want something that's more of a, a power user machine wherever you go? Uh, and I'm not one of those people that really plugs into a monitor. So, but yeah. the bottom line, those are my problems. But the reality is, these systems are so good that I, I understand if you're coming from an M1, you probably don't need to upgrade. But anything before that, if you haven't experienced this this whole you know M2 or M1 situation, it's quite incredible. It almost feels like I think other computer makers are just going to have a real tough time catching up to this. This is a uh... You know, if there's an A plus grade, the the MacBook Pro is an A plus plus. It's everything: performance, battery life. Like that's the thing. A lot historically, we've had to trade off battery life yep. and uh, and fan noise for performance. That's not happening here anymore. It, it's incredible. I think the only person that these machines don't make sense for, but it's really interesting because there's a next generation of a lot of these. Is all my nieces and nephews? They want a game. They want a PC that can game. I don't know where your kids are at with that mm. yet, but you know they're playing Valorant, they're playing Fortnite, they're playing um, Roblox, they're playing all different types of games. Those are the main ones, but those games aren't yep. on Mac. And the, yeah. even though the Mac does have the power to support some of those games, and it's not there. And so whenever I, all five of my nieces and nephews, they get it that a Mac is for creating content and it's easier to use and they see all the benefits. If you can't game on it, they don't want it. So it's really interesting to see this as they get older. I'm wondering, will they make a shift to Mac or are they because it's been so ingrained into how they've come up? Is it more of a, you know, is it more of a PC for them in the next 10 years? I don't know. But, you know, that that's one thing that Apple has. That's a hard nut for Apple to crack because it takes developers who want to invest in the Mac platform. There's games like Resident Evil and No Man's Sky, which are now on the Mac, but it took like two, three years to get there, right? This is way after yep. their console launch. We're not talking about AAA titles debuting at the same time. Um, but it, it's not necessarily hurting Apple, but there's the biggest reason why someone doesn't get a Mac. The Arguably, the only reason that I know of is because you can't game on it. Well, it's that. It's I mean, and look, if you're, if you're looking for a gaming PC, you might be spending more, but I think the... The other is the cost conscious yeah, consumer cost, cost, yeah. that there are so many, so many uh, Windows laptops that are uh, much more inexpensive. But the reality is, even if you're just, you know, people think of these as like a creator's machine or like someone that's in the, you know, creative field. Um, but I would argue that I think anyone with that MacBook Air, even at that base mm -hmm. price point, that is going to be an incredible system because let's say you're spending, you know, a lot of people want to spend 500 bucks on a laptop. You know, that's kind of like in their head, like that seems like a reasonable price. And the MacBook Air is like a thousand, you know, maybe a little bit less. For it's the like 1199 yeah. But the reality is that computer is going to last longer and perform better for longer than that $500 system that you're getting. And I think that people just discount that time frame of, well, how long is this computer going to be? really good. You know, like the Windows computer will be fine, but it's going to be frustrating after a year or so, you know, maybe two years, whatever. But the Mac is really, you know, it's a great experience from like start to finish. Like the woman across from me at the Mac, uh, at the Apple store, I got to tell the story real quick. She was upgrading from a, uh, a computer that was, you know, pretty old. I think it was like 10 years old or something. <laughs> but, um, and so I was kind of like walking her through and she was telling me what she does. She was looking at the 16 inch MacBook Pro. She's like, I love the screen. I'm like, ma'am, I'm like, you're fine with this MacBook Air if you're telling me, like, she said she Zooms with her kids and, like, you know, checks her email. And I was like, I think you'll be fine on the MacBook Air. But anyway, uh, the best line was she was getting her, you know, she liked the help that she was getting there to, like, switch over all of her stuff, like, migrate her data. And the guy was like, hey, do you use uh, Time Machine? Because that'll make life easier. She's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And he looks at it. He goes, well, uh, Time Machine hasn't ran since 2013, so we might have to... <laughs> <laughs> she, she she thought her computer was backed up and it like i just i i know he loved saying that because like i was right within earshot and i was like i was dying i was like this is because it's just that's the average person like they, totally. oh, they see time machine in the toolbar and they think it's running and they never check their backup and it's like yeah. literally the last time it ran was a decade ago 
it's it, it's so true. Anyway, I mean, I thought that was funny. The the thing is also we as tech reporters and when we cover this stuff, we are we are in this world where it's like upgrade, 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 new thing, new thing, new thing. You know, I I really make it a point to try and ground myself in the brain thought of look, would I love the new M2 Max MacBook Pro to make my performance a little faster than what it is? Yeah, of course I want the newest thing, but the actual consumer and like the rationale in my head has to say, no, don't do it until you really, really feel it. Because I just, I always think there's a point where sometimes a lot of tech influencers, they just upgrade no matter what, but that's not the real experience. That is not the general consumer's right. experience. No, that is, that is at not all. even close, actually. Not even I mean, close my, though, right? my, my experience of keeping the Intel for three years, I actually felt guilty as someone who works in tech. Mm. And I was like, I should be upgrading. I should have this. But like, that was closer to the to the real experience. And mm -hmm. three years, you know, that's not even a, a real cycle. Like for a lot of people, it might be, I mean, five plus, way five, longer than five that. plus. Yeah, exactly. Easily. And and do the math on a on a five plus. You know, if you're getting a MacBook Air, let's say, and you know you're spending twelve, let's just say twelve hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really keep that. I say four to five years. I mean, let's just say college for a student. I mean, you know, do the math on that. It's not that bad of a deal. And I get it. It's a lot of money up front. Like if you're if you're thinking about it as the price you're paying that day, but you really have to look at the long term of these things and, and the frustration factor of yeah, you, know, you can spend three hundred bucks on a Chromebook or two hundred bucks, but it, it's just not going to be fun after a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, overall experience with the MacBook Pro, thumbs up. You're high on it. Like you're loving it. I think it's incredible. I really. I think that um, I'm a power user, obviously, maybe not to the extent of what you're doing on your computer, but you know, I use, I, I call my computer the moneymaker. I really, because yep, it, it, is. it truly like you carry it everywhere. It does everything. It is your companion in this world that helps you get things done. And so when I sit there and like spend money on a new computer, I feel good about it because this is what enables me to do what I do. And if you're wondering like, you know, what should I get? Should I get this? Is it the right time? I think that Apple being able to control everything from the software to the hardware to the chip, they have just made incredible strides that it's like the iPhone. I mean, it's the iPhone, but a computer. The yeah. iPhone is so great because they've made everything so efficient on that device. And it's kind of the same thing, but in a laptop form. And that yeah. was their dream, I think. Yeah. I mean, this has been just building this chip line out has been in the works for like 10 years. You know, they, they talked about when they were developing the chips for the iPhone, that was obviously their roadmap to eventually get to the point where they could put them in a laptop, you know, and it, you know, I, I don't want to promote it, but you know, in Apple's MacBook pro promo, I didn't know they were going to use it, but I said it oh, obviously yeah. at the time I said, they just changed the game. And it was true. <laughs> like, I don't say that stuff just cause right. But you're right, they did. And it's a look, it's a big deal to waver from like these trusted big names like AMD and Intel in the chip world, because that's what people know. Those have been Intel inside has been advertised for forever and ever and ever. And that was brilliant marketing because it's like, well, if it doesn't have Intel inside, like, oh, mm -hmm. should I really trust this thing? And but the fact is, I think that just Apple has done a really nice job of making this work incredibly well and i'm not even sure people like the the average person who's shopping for a computer sort of realizes that just yet like they oh they switched their own oh that's that's interesting is it as good like no it's it's way good yeah yeah uh before we move on you you made me remember you know intel inside all most of us at least can remember the chime the dung 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 and i remember there was a time where apple was using their own power pc chip yeah yeah um and intel would decimate apple with like no one wanted an apple chip in right. their computer apple yep. would always have to talk about the processor's pipeline of how their pipeline um to do tasks uh allowed them to kind of you know it was a shorter pipeline i believe it was either short or longer i mean this has been so long but ultimately they were trying to make a comparison like hey our processors are just as good no one cared intel right. was what you wanted then amd oh, yeah. rose and so it's so interesting to see the evolution of this. Like now Intel's like, okay, well, we need to we need to change our architecture to match what Apple is doing, right? That they're they're 
going back to the drawing board and they're revamping and they're pushing the power, but not yet the, the, you know, the efficiency and right, Apple's right. Apple's not even trying to be the Apple's chips are so good. They're not trying to be the, the, they could make it the most powerful chip and our fans could be going on all the time, but they're trying to make it powerful and efficient. And that's right. this, right. this balance that is yeah. consumer friendly that makes sense to a consumer and not someone who wants, just wants to say, I've got the buffest machine. Well, how loud is your fan? How many battery hours do you get? So it's right. It's, and it's, it's and also out. don't forget, you know, and you know, we're going to talk about Samsung too, but uh, you know, you've got Qualcomm coming up mm. here too, which, you know, mm. they're making a big, a big kind of jump and dive into this world of like, you know, they, they've taken what they've learned from mobile and now they're applying it to like, these systems that are almost a mix between a mobile computing platform and a laptop, because let's face it, not everyone needs the full on, you know, ability to edit video or to do this. And I'm sure you can with these, with these chips that Qualcomm's doing, but you know, most people just want something that's really easy, simple, lightweight, fast, and the battery lasts a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're doing email and spreadsheets and, and presentations, that's really what you need. And so they're coming up too. Um, and you know, we saw Samsung announce their laptops had some Qualcomm stuff in them. So it's that's another uh, place to watch as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's we'll jump back to them in a quick moment, but let's talk HomePod. HomePod, a really interesting release from Apple. Um, looks about the same as the previous HomePod. For people that haven't seen my review, I went deep in it. I gave you guys oh, and gals yeah. you did audio audio samples. Uh, so you can hear for yourselves. I come to my own conclusions. I let you decide for yourself. Um, I I knew right out of the gates when I first listened to it, I could tell it sounded different. It didn't feel like it sounded as full, as well-rounded. I'm not even a bass-heavy guy. Um, but from an audio standpoint, I, I can say confidently for me, and again, people hear differently. People have different sound preferences. But I think generally most people, if you listen to these things side by side and I put them in stereo pair, the new HomePod doesn't sound as good as the original HomePod. These are more than just sound, but app, the HomePod itself has kind of been championed as like a really good sounding speaker, and it still is. It's just that I I lean towards the original HomePod. So I'm just kind of curious. We're going to talk about more than just its sound, but what did you think about the new HomePod? I mean, look, I texted you when I set this thing up. I said, Brian, I said... I I don't know what the term is because I'm not an audiophile, but I you know I hear this stuff. I've tested all these speakers since you know not in a in a way like you did with those those little fake rubber ears that you've got. <laughs> I'll tell you more about it in a sec, but keep going. Those are wild, but you know. So I but I just listen to these things and have my personal preferences. I mean, when the Google Nest like their little kind of bigger speaker came out, like I thought that sounded pretty good for like how cheap it was. Mm -hmm. um, the Amazon devices sound pretty good for how inexpensive they are. And I think what people want is, again, they want something that's inexpensive, but room filling that sounds more premium than the price you paid. And the HomePod kind of flips that on its side. It's an expensive speaker. And we're talking like Sonos level prices. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the first HomePod sounded incredible. And when I plugged in the second one and listened to it, I just felt like I had a setting off. I was like, wait a second, something's off here because it just, it felt, it sounded a little tinny to me. Like it was almost like, I needed to adjust something. And I said, there's no way. And that's when I texted you and you were like, I kind of came to the same conclusion. And it just, look, I think if you're in just setting this thing up in your house and you don't really have much to compare it to, I think you'll be fine. I think there's other aspects to it that people obviously will like, but the HomePod first generation definitely sounded better. And I'm not sure if this is something they can fix with a software update or tuning. Um, but you know, that's that's where I stand. Yeah. And again, like, like I always have disclaimer. Some people are like that. This sounds better than that. We do have preferences of what we like. And when we talked about it sounding tinny, it just, it just didn't sound as well-rounded there. The original HomePod has detail in the highs, the mids and the lows. The new HomePod definitely has an emphasis on the high on the mids. The voices sound really yeah. clear and, and yeah. in the front, but you feel like you're losing everything else a little bit. And to your point, you know, this is based on computational audio. So I think, I would not be surprised in a month or two if the new HomePod sounds a little different. I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Um, I would not are, be surprised at right? all. Right, right. Um, yeah. Now, generally, reviews are like, this sounds great. And like we said, if you just set this thing up by itself and you have no point of reference, this thing sounds phenomenal. Of it's course, just yeah. That, I mean, yeah. It's just that when you hear 
something that's more, I'm making up a word, phenomenal or <laughs> it's you're like, wow. And and it kind of speaks to how good the original home pod was and how, how fine-tuned it was. It has two more tweeters, it has two more mics. But even just from a hardware standpoint, having two less tweeters, five versus seven, that's got to change the sound composition to somewhat of a degree. I, I don't think you can just take two tweeters out and just be like, it's going to sound exactly the same. So, you know, yeah. um, it it's going to be interesting to see the, the new HomePod, right? People were saying, hey, can you do head-to-head HomePod 1 versus HomePod 2? And I did. They're like, do it through Apple Music. Well, honestly, I did. I just didn't want my review to be an extra 30 minutes, but I tested right. everything. And even if it was spatial audio through Apple Music, HomePod 1 to HomePod 2, I came to the same conclusion. Not only did I, my fiance, who was blindfolded for the test, came to the same conclusion. And the audio samples that you listen to, and even that you personally, Rich, and your own home listen to, came to that same conclusion. So, um, yeah. And it, never it, it was a quick conclusion, too. So it's not like, I don't feel like it's this like, hold on, let me let me hear this song. <laughs> let me hear that. Hold on. Let me just like one more time. Like, no, every single time I came home the other day and I just, you know, I said like, you know, H Siri, like play some, you know, music. And it was like, okay, oh wow, that even did it. Um <laughs> oh great. Here we go. You're 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 in an, um, you're in the Apple ecosystem, baby. Yeah. And uh, you know, and it just it's again, it's just I, I use a Sonos system and that it just it sort of like fills the room. It just has this like certain feeling to it that I feel like the original HomePod definitely had. In fact, I, I in fact, I think the the original HomePod was maybe mistimed it came at a time where it was mm-hmm. so much more expensive than yep. all of these cheap smart speakers that came out and so when people saw it like even the the most dedicated apple folks were like i don't know like i'll deal with this echo you know that's that's like 99 bucks that yep. sounds pretty good and you know i'll just wait and see and then they came out that 99 dollars um homepod mini which also sounded incredible Mm-hmm. And now you have this one that's two ninety nine, so they're they're back up to that higher price point, and it looks great. If you have an Apple TV, it's like you know to pair it with an Apple TV, it's like a, a really cool system. But again, I just feel like they need to tweak something that makes this feel a little bit warmer, a little bit richer, and more room filling than kind of right now. It just sounds a little just I don't know what the term is it's, tinny. It's, or, it's, it's a little emptier, you know, they're yeah, a little the, empty, right? The the word that also I use when I first heard I, I always thought it was cheesy, but people that know know, I feel like the original HomePod has presence. Yes. It feels exactly. like you're in it feels like you're in there. And yep. that that that's the that's the best way I can describe that specific speaker and how it makes me feel where the new HomePod feels like, oh it's a speaker over there. I can yep. tell it's a speaker over there. Yep. The new HomePod is like you are in it. It's like, uh, it's kind of penetrating you in a way. It just, it just does something different. So, um, you know, I think you made a great point, and I talked about this point in my review as well. The timing, timing can be everything, and I wouldn't be surprised if this new HomePod does pretty well. I, I would expect it actually to do better than the first generation HomePod, oh, yeah. purely because yeah. of timing. I think a lot of people that are looking at this HomePod are people that came into the Apple ecosystem smart home world, which it was still also they that still is figuring itself out. But the mini was really the product that changed the uh, the market, uh, kind of the market share of Apple, giving them a large close to something like 10 percent market share for smart speakers, where for the longest time during the era of Echo and Google, they Amazon was somewhere around like 70% at one time. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. really high dominating. Google was around like 25. But the fact that Apple took up, you know, shifted 5% in a market is pretty significant. It at least showed that they made some inroads. And so I know that there's many owners that are like, okay, I do want a better sounding HomePod now. I think that's going to help. And then to your point, the the timing of it all, maybe people are willing to give Apple's ecosystem a new try. There's plenty of people who missed out on the first HomePod that just now feel like they want to get a full-size home yeah. in to yeah. again it's gonna sound really good but rich and i are telling you <laughs> the og home pod sounds really good good yeah yeah but here's the other thing um so two a couple other things about the home pod number one they fixed some of the things that we didn't like about the first one which number is the remove the cable the cable yes. was non-removable on the original and I remember when people asked like why and they like gave some answer that like it's typical Apple to like say like, oh, we can't make it removable. Of course, now they did. 
And it's a good, it's a good design. Like the yeah. way they made it removable, it's like nice. And so that works really well. So I think people appreciate that. Um, I think that the other thing that is, is a downside of it is they talk about how you can access some of these other music services. And I think that Apple music has definitely grown in subscribership since the original. So I think that that's good going forward as well, but Spotify is still not native on this device. And so Yes, you can airplay to your heart's content and you could probably even group them up and do all that stuff if you need to, but that's not going to be an ideal situation if you're a Spotify user. And some people are going to discover that the hard way once they mm. purchase it. Some people, you know, if they do a little bit more research, will realize like, wait a second, like I know they say you can do Spotify, but that's not really the case in, a, in an easy, clean way. So, um, you know, pros and cons for this thing. Those are good. Those are really good points. I think also what I talked about is from a smart home support device, the Matter platform is now rolling out. There are more devices compatible with HomePod, but all the big players, Amazon and Google are part of this uh, Matter consortium and group that is collaborating, but none of the Google Nest products are still able to talk to HomePod yet. Uh, none of, like when I say none, I'm saying the Nest thermostat, the Nest cameras. You know how many people have those? A lot. Oh, yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. Of it's like, do. oh, gee, that was like, yes. those are like the original. That's those are like the two things that are just in my house that are still mm-hmm. like the original smart home devices I got is the cameras and the Nest and, and yep. the thermostat. And so, um, but this matter thing is huge, by the way, because huge. this is, this is really like, it's going to change everything when it comes. It's like all the smart home stuff was like siloed at the beginning. And now the fact that it's finally all coming together and like the, the makers realize like, let's make this better for everyone. I think that that is going to be a huge um, win for consumers as well. Yeah. So as, as that, as that continues to get the support rolled out, I think that's going to help Apple a lot, quite honestly. Um, and so we'll see. Uh, do you, do you personally have any reason to get a new HomePod or you're good with where you're at right now? Uh, I'm good. You know, I, I have Sonos throughout the house. And yeah, so and I we really... didn't even talk about Sonos. Sonos is I a know. major. I know. Like it, they it's... are the, they took to me, they became the Apple of the speaker ecosystem, quite honestly. They did. But the problem is they they're, they're, their voice control to me is not very good. It's actually mm. horrible. So, um, <laughs> you know, like I came home yesterday and this is, you know, kind of testing stuff. I came home and I said to the HomePod, like, just play me some music. You know, I didn't even say what kind. And it just mm-hmm. said, like, oh, here's something you'll like. And it was just perfect. And then I said to the to the Sonos, I said, like, and I don't even know what the phrase is. I think you said, like, hey, Sonos or whatever it is. <laughs> and it only works with, like, Amazon Music. And I forget what the other, maybe, I forget what the other one is, but I'm not a subscriber. And so... It like I called out like an Amazon specific playlist and it was like, I am sorry, I don't know that one. I'm like, really? And so I just got frustrated. I went to the app and I think that's the biggest downside. I don't don't think a lot of like mainstream consumers are looking at Sonos because it's so expensive. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things where like if you built your collection up over the years, like I have, it's just kind of a nice thing. It works in every room. I've got my soundbar. And so, but with all that said, I think. Again, the HomePod is positioned in this place where it's super easy. And since it plays nicely with your iPhone and an Apple TV, if you're in that world, it's a really nice purchase that like, oh, I've got great sound. And if I want to get two of these, if I want to get crazy and spend $600, like I've got really, really good sound in my main room. Plus I can get minis in all the other rooms. So I think that, you know, they have a chance now because people are like, oh, Apple's putting some, some juice behind this. Yeah, and and I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think they do need to make one, and I I'd be really intrigued by it. I think they need to make something even above the HomePod, a a screen HomePod, like a like a Nest, a Google Nest with a screen and a speaker. In and as Apple's Matter platform gets all this more compatibility, then they can really start giving us some sort of really nice touchscreen layout to control. What about it? What about an I? What about a dock? Like you know how Google's coming out with that Pixel like dock. What about? I mean, they already have the iPad. That's really uh, all they uh, need. Absolutely. I'm, I'm on and, board. And, when I saw that, that was genius. Yeah, it is genius. And I think that if anyone's, I mean, look, a HomePod speaker, what, what would they call it? Home base? Maybe. I'm just saying. Just saying. You pop come it on. in. And HomePod it's, it's Ultra. Like, Rich, come on. HomePod, HomePod, Ultra. HomePod Pro. HomePod Pro. <laughs> but here's the thing. They could even make a play for, you know, how eco-friendly it is. Because you take your old iPad and you recycle it by, the, you know, it can sell like little, it can accommodate like all the old iPads. <laughs> and so you slip it in this thing and it, you know, it's like a dock cradle, whatever you want to call it. 
And now you've just recycled your old iPad into a photo frame when it's not in use. You have your iCloud <laughs> photos and you've got the software that, you know, controls your house. I'm just saying, I'm not, I don't work for Apple, but I don't know, maybe, maybe I, that's I, good. I think, I think there would be quite honestly, a lot of excitement around a product like that for Apple for the home. Absolutely. And absolutely it, like, and if it came at the right time with the launch of like, okay, here's our new UI for the home using your iPad matters good. So like now 90% of the smart devices that are out there are going to be ready to roll and work right out of the gates. Now you're, easy, now, easy now you're convincing sale. me, you're convincing me to really now say, okay, uh, I think I could move off of Google nest or the e Amazon ecosystem and now buy into Apple. That that's what absolutely. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's a missing piece right now, and I think a lot of people are in, you know, sort of our boat where it's like you've got a fragmented reality of like, okay, well, I like the Nest because it's got my Google Photo collection. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, my iPhone because it's got this on it. I like the Apple TV because it's simple and it's like clean. But then people like the Echo because they're cheap. So I mean, mm -hmm. it's like you've got this whole like, you know, fragmented thing, which is great. I don't think that you need to have like everything the same. But I'm just saying like Apple coming in with a product like that could really make an impact because so many people have iPads. This thing charges your iPad. It sits in there all day, kind of like with the Pixel. I mean, it's not like a new idea I'm having here. But for Apple, it really makes a lot of sense because there's so many iPads out there and they're just sitting on tables being charged when they're not in use. Why not make this a, a dock that charges it and controls your home? I think it's a if they're not working on it, I, I would be very, very surprised yeah. at this point. If they're not, um, they can send all royalties forward to the Rich and Brian podcast, and uh, we we will be Perfect. gladly. We'll, we're totally down to share that. You know, we'll divvy it up. Yeah, they're the Apple's watching everything we do. <laughs> okay, oh, they so are. They, they are they are okay. So um, let's let's shift off Apple because you and I got together in San Francisco. Um, I love this is we see each. I see you more than some of the, my friends growing up because we're always at tech events, which I mean, we're friends, but it's funny, right? I see you more oh, yeah. than some of my closest friends um, growing up, but we were both at uh, San Francisco for Samsung Unpacked. So um, I thought they did some really cool things. So I kind of wanted to hear your experience and what you thought the new S23 lineup, the flagship is the S23 Ultra, and then a new Ultra laptop from Samsung, which I thought was kind of pretty intriguing. So um, I'm going to let you kind of spit on that. I mean, look, I think that, uh, oh gosh, I, I don't know where to start. I mean, I think that, that Samsung is played it really safe this year with their phones. I mean, it was a, you know, the 200 megapixel camera on the S23 ultra, like great. And I, I am, you know, I have, I have the phone, so I've been using it and testing it. And mm -hmm. I will say, um, I do think that the camera, like I took a video of my kid last night, like in, well, I took two things last night. I took uh, a low light picture that I've taken at my dinner table, like a lot. I just take like a picture of the family eating dinner and like I test all the phones with that picture. And then I took a little video of my kid and I'm not kidding. Both of those pictures look like the best I've ever mm -hmm. seen out of a Samsung and quite honestly, like rivaling what the iPhone mm -hmm. will do. And so I think that they definitely did a good job with the camera. I'm still testing that aspect of it, but it's different than iPhone. You know, iPhone is just a different beast altogether. You know, it's this thing that has become such an ingrained part of people's lives. I don't really think there's a lot of people sitting there going, oh my gosh, I should switch to a Samsung. But, and for Samsung folks, I think that, you know, part of it is if you need a new phone, like it does a cool new thing or it's got a new upgrade, whatever. Um, but the reality is the downside, I think that Samsung is running up against is Apple's iPhone does so many things. Like you've got the Apple watch, which is super slickly integrated with the iPhone. And now you've got this whole idea of like the car crash detection and the satellite response. I mean, those three things, Apple Watch, car crash, mm -hmm. satellite, SOS, are like three huge features that I don't think the Android ecosystem has just yet. I mean, yes, the Pixel has the car crash stuff, but, you know, I don't know. It'd be hard. It, it, it'd be tough for me to switch and be like, oh, I'm going to give up like the ability to have satellite connectivity anywhere in the U.S. if I'm ever in stranded for this phone that like may take better pictures in certain circumstances or, you know, whatever. Well, you know, when you talk about the Samsung S23 Ultra taking better photos, it definitely does because the actual processor, the new Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 has better and more powerful photo AI processing. Um, I haven't been able to see it because uh, I alluded to this earlier, Rich, but I did go to the event, but they did not bring a phone for me. What I, I find that so funny because I talked to a couple people there that were like, oh, they're looking for a, a sample. Like, 
I feel like some of these companies give out sample devices like candy to some people, like the gift from Google. Have you ever seen that hashtag? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I've been a part of that hashtag. Um, oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's, look, it is first world problems, but I will just say as a creator who goes out to these things and it, part of the reason why we put, like, we pay for our own way to go out there and stay there and cover it, which is fine. It's part of what we do. But it's also because we're investing that because we're like, oh, we're going to come back with the device. And yeah, then you're going to be first to, get, to have yeah, this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You can get a, a, yeah, exactly. Like you, I mean, and it's, you know, that is a valuable thing because people, I mean, these companies put us in a position or put consumers in a position where they do these splashy events, they get all this buzz, and then they've got this pre-order window until, you know, the certain day when you can get the phone. And so consumers, and by the way, the prices are better during that pre-order time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So consumers have this kind of like, ah, it's going to be an extra $150 if I don't order it now. And that's why they need people like you and I to like have hands on with these things to let people know, like, here's what I'm thinking. Like for this phone, I'll be honest, like after, you know, three days with it, I can tell you that it's a solid upgrade. Like it's yeah. a fantastic, like just the sides of the phone alone, the fact that they made this easier to grip in your hand is like phenomenal to me. Now I get it. You're going to put a case on, but that case is going to be more squared off on the edges. It's going to be a more comfortable phone. This is a big phone. These Samsung, you know, the S23 plus and the ultra are big, big phones. Um, anyway, so the point is, I think the buzz that I'm seeing from everyone that has the device right now is saying like the same thing. Like, mm -hmm. These pictures are looking pretty good. Like these, these videos are looking pretty good. And so I think that's important to have them early, like you said. Um, you know, and so anyway, I think it's a disservice that Samsung did not, uh, it, did not find one for you. It's okay. It happens. I, you know, I'll eventually, I'll eventually get to it. I mean, I have plenty of other things to cover. It was just a bummer, but I don't like, I didn't tweet about it. Cause I always feel like it's weird when there's stuff that's like yeah, inside baseball that who right. cares? Like, oh, yeah. well, right. Move on with like Brian's crying again. Cause he didn't get a sample unit. Like first <laughs> I, I, but I see it all the time. I mean, right, I see right. it all the time. People, I mean, and it's so easy to do that when you have a, a large following to like kind of push mm -hmm. these companies to like, you know, uh, sway in your favor. But I, I don't know. It's that's... like, you take the good, you take the bad. I mean, you get all this Apple stuff that I don't get. Like I'm not sitting there crying. Like when <laughs> Apple doesn't, you know, like I wanted a, you know, a, a M2 laptop to test out before I bought it, but I didn't get that. You Rich, got like, I, they sent you like one in every color. <laughs> Come on, man. That's not true. That's not true. Rich, I, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to taunt you every time. Like got my new M2 MacBook Pro. Hey, Rich, how are you doing? Every right. time. No, I'm just I'm kidding. Like, I'm still paying mine off. <laughs> yeah. But, but I really think, um, you know, they pushed a lot about using this as a legitimate creator tool because We've seen, right, the people that get early access to a lot of these devices are people that are using them to, at their, quite odd, their high potential, right? Content mm -hmm. creators, we know how big of a deal, look, even young people, my nieces and nephews, and they're like friends, the fact that they have an uncle who has a YouTube channel is like cool to them, right? I'm actually, luckily, I'm cool to them, but that's something that from the top, even as a grown person, it's fun to be able to create content. It's a lot of work, but... These are the people that really do have influence on how these devices are perceived. And so what I what I find interesting is that, look, you sometimes bring baggage to different platforms, any platform. Samsung, for the longest time, has had baggage like, oh, their photos are overexposed. They don't look as natural. They boost the saturation. They're not as good as Apple photos. Well, guess what? This new phone, people are now saying, whoa, this looks just like a picture from my iPhone. Like they're saying those things. And that's what's important to get them into these people's hands. So then the general consumer is like, okay, um, I'm not jealous about the iPhone anymore. I've been in Samsung's ecosystem. I'm staying. Because to me, the biggest thing is all those features you mentioned that Samsung doesn't have, it's more about keeping people in your ecosystem yeah. than yeah. having them leave and lose that customer for five to 10 to forever, right? That's, that's a great point. I, I didn't think about it from that reverse point. You're right. Because it's it's like a lot of the people that I, that I get emails from are like, hey, Rich, you know, I've been a Samsung person for a long time. Like, you know, and let's be honest, there's usually like the way it works, at least here. Uh, I guess it's different because like in LA, it's like iPhone is king, right? There is like literally iPhone, iPhone, <laughs> iPhone, you know, California, let's say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But when you travel outside and I'm not talking the world, I'm talking like just go to like Phoenix or go to Dallas. Like 
I immediately see more Android mm. and I, I love it. It's like kind of refreshing. I'm like, okay, like it's a little check that realize that like, there's a lot of different people in this world that, you know, have different use case scenarios. Um, but again, I didn't think about it that way of like, yeah, Samsung needs to keep these people in their world and continue to evolve these phones to make sure that they don't deflect to Apple. And then once they're in that Apple world, their friends are like, oh, cool. Now you're on the blue bubble, you know, bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other thing I was going to say about this event too, is that I actually thought there was a big misstep on Apple's point or on uh, Samsung's point. The, the whole like celebrity director thing mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. these phones, like they made a big deal out at this event they enlisted like two major directors to like use these phones to shoot everything for not only the event, but also they made like their own creations. And quite honestly, I thought that was a misstep because yes, I get it. Like you put a $600 lighting uh, gimbal and these uh, filters and, you know, stabilizers and a crew and all this stuff. But like grandma has got a shaky hand and she's taking a picture with this phone, you know, at a kid's birthday party. Like, Let's see how it performs in that aspect. And that is arguably more important. And I, you know, I, I'm making a joke, but that's like the reality of it. And Rich, so I thought, <laughs> go ahead. No, finish your thoughts. Sorry. No, I just, I just think they did themselves a disservice because I'm sorry, but I don't care what these directors in Hollywood are doing. Like I want a good picture at my kid's birthday party. And, and, you know, that's the reality and that's where it needs to perform. And I think that what has made Apple so amazing is like, prosumers are using this device to like, we shoot stuff for TV on the iPhone. Mm -hmm. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, you know that anyone can pick up an iPhone and take a really good picture in like a split second. And that's what I need to know about this new phone. That's a great point. And it's just not the sexiest thing, right? Hey guys, (laughs) like, uh, could you imagine a company branding? We take, your grandma can take great photos versus like, Ridley Scott, director of uh, It might be refreshing. I think actually, I think this would be a great marketing campaign. It's just regular people taking, actually, you know what? Apple's already done it. Don't they do that like billboard campaign where they put like, they blow up pictures. Hashtag shot on iPhone is, you know, Samsung doesn't have a campaign like that where people rally around it. And the fact that Apple put them on billboards, it's like, I, how about this? I could get, you and I could potentially get a photo on a billboard that, as apples that's cool and it they should have they should do where the next campaign should be where someone takes a cool picture on the iphone or no on the yeah on the or video they send it to someone on an android it comes through with like a thumb post like a postage stamp and then they blow that up on the billboard <laughs> hey you know what sam's like remember they didn't really push it as hard this year but um and i i really feel like it hasn't resonated with consumers and i swear to you when apple puts a better optical zoom in their camera everyone's gonna freak out oh, samsung, samsung has a 10x optical 10x zoom it's, it's incredible it's incredible it's, it's an it's incredible so tool incredible. to have and again i go back to that kid at the play you know your kid is in the play you didn't get the front row you're 20 30 rows mm-hmm. back and just having that ability to zoom in optically 10 times you know, everyone, when you're at a, a, any sort of event, if you watch people at a, a concert, any sort of seated event or whatever, uh, entertainment, they're always pinching to zoom on their yeah. iPhone and they get past that optical zoom in about two seconds. Yeah. And they're in like 10, 15 X <laughs> with optical, with a, a digital, digital zoom in it. It's horrible. And so, I, yes, having that 10 times, I don't even think you need like the 30 X or the hundred X, yeah. but that 10 X is pretty incredible to have. And nobody's really talked about it. In, I, yeah, in I just don't get, you know, they, I remember last year or two years ago, they really went all in on space photography, right? Shoot the moon. And it looked cool, yeah. but right. You know, how many people are going to shoot on. the moon all the time? Come on. Come how many on, right? times are you going to do that? You do it once in a while just for fun. And it is incredible, but it's unnecessary. And so I, I just know, I already know this is going to happen and it's, you know, I love tech. Yes, we are in the application, but you and I have been covering tech for like a majority of our lives now. And it pains me to know that this is a legitimate competitive feature advantage that when Apple does it, people are going to go. Apple might even do 5X. Apple might even do 5X optical. They're going to go crazy. And I'm excited when the the Pro Max went from like 2.5 to 3X, weren't you? (laughs) I was like, good. I was like, get. Yeah, I was happy, but. It's not like I I've gone to basketball games and using a Galaxy Ultra phone and it's just like this. Oh, yeah, incredible. It's, it's, it's a game changer. And it's it's one of those things that 
you know, it's also, don't forget, it's on the Ultra, so that's a very expensive phone. Yeah, yeah. But you have to think on the flip side, people with the iPhone, a lot of a lot of folks are getting just the standard model, which, you know, may, I don't know, what does the iPhone have? The iPhone 14, is that like a... It's, a, it's a like a two, it's a, it, no, it's, a, it's either a two or a two and a half uh, uh, okay. optical, but that's, it's no, that's it's not more not than Not much. No, yeah. No, and it's then, not. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have, hold on, it only has two lenses. It's got the wide angle yep. and then the regular, so it's not yep. even... Well, the, yeah, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. The, 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 yeah, it has no, it has the wide. It doesn't have the ultra wide on the. Oh, it doesn't have uh, ultra wide. Okay, yeah, so it has yeah. one telephoto on. Okay, yes, I should correct. know this stuff covering a, tech. There's, but... there's so many things, dude. Honestly, it depends on the day. There's so many things that are thrown at us. Our brain becomes mush. Yeah, it, just, it does become. It's like, and also, it's funny because a lot of it is like cramming for a test. Like when the phone <laughs> comes out, you know every single spec of every single lineup because you're going to be talking about it, and then after like six months. <laughs> You know, when you settle into a device that you're using or whatever, you kind of like that stuff fades away. And I'm like, wait, because someone asked me, you know, because this phone has 200 megapixels. Someone's like, hey, how many megapixels does the iPhone have currently? And I was like, wait, I should know this. I'm like 48, I think. And they're all, you know, because they just changed that, you know. Yeah, so yeah, I was like, yeah. well, you know, because it used to be what, 12 or 16? 12, it was 12, yeah, 12 for like the longest time for many, many years. So, so anyway. you know, it's, it's fun, but I, I like what Samsung is doing and I, I feel like everyone will talk about it, but th at least here in the U S the, the iPhone has so much power, has so much pool, so much marketing muscle. Um, and Samsung still makes a great product. <laughs> it's just the way that people yeah. like how they, how I they mean, perceive it. It's, it's also like, don't, the, don't discount the ecosystem. It's really no, never, like, never. I mean, if honestly, if, if Apple made and Apple knows this, you know, there's two things that Apple is really, really good at, and that's the iMessage situation here in the U.S. at least, um, and also the Apple Watch, the, the idea that they don't let that work without an iPhone. You know, you can't just like mm -hmm. activate it on its own. Number one, I mean, yes, I know you can do the family setup thing for your kid, but like as an adult, like I want the best like fitness, sports watch, whatever, and that's the Apple Watch. Yep. Maybe I want to mix and match and just have the Apple Watch but also have the the new ultra. Mm. You really can't do that easily. And I know some YouTubers will like, you know, they have setups and this and that, like, I'm not going to name names, but you know, a lot of them hold like two phones in their pocket, but that's not realistic. No, people don't do that. People don't do that. And the, it always, every time you and I talk, the ecosystem comes up almost like half the time because it is true. And it's, it's understated. And you realize, look, you and I, even when we review phones, jumping over to the other ecosystem actually takes a little work. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? It really does. And so oh, yeah. it it reminds you just how powerful it is. And ultimately we want things to work and be easy to use. And that, that counts for something because grandma taking her photo, grandma. <laughs> it always comes back to grandma. It it always, look, you have to understand there's, I mean, look, your, your audience is a little bit different than mine because I'm on mainstream TV which is, you know, I call them drive-by techies, right? It's people that are watching the news, and then I come on and talk about tech stuff, which is like, oh, that's interesting, but they're not tuned in for that. Like, if someone's coming to your YouTube channel, they've either done a search, or they're, you know, a big fan of Brian Tong from back in the day, or they're just, <laughs> you know, doing their research, whatever. So there's a different audience there, and so I come from a perspective of, like, I just get a lot of, like, everyday people that are, like, emailing and asking me these questions that throw me for a loop sometimes because I'm like, oh, I, I didn't even really think about it from that aspect. And I love that because yeah. it makes you realize there's so many different angles to this whole like tech world. And some of these tech companies get that and some of them don't. And so, you know, you can't discount kind of the, the power of certain things that you may not think of in your world, but you know, in other people's worlds, that's very important. Like whether it's price, whether it's the upgrade cycle, whether it's a promotion, whether it's how this thing works with their other device. I mean, there's so many considerations. Yeah, I've always used my mom as the benchmark of like, when it hits my mom and she knows about it, okay, then it's really become mainstream. But until right. then, like, you know, in our world, and I'm not here to judge it, but so many people talking crypto, hyping up crypto, becoming crypto experts. Now they are all silent. I hear crickets. And until oh, my mom- me. Have you seen the Have you seen the price of Bitcoin lately? Lately? See, I, I've been I've been so locked in. Did it did it blow up? Yes. Like dude, by what? Like thirty okay. percent? Did it just tell me? Just tell me what happened. One one month, thirty eight percent. I was like, I've, I've I was mean, like, so, did it go up thirty percent. 
But you're right. I mean, yes, everyone was so hyped on it while it was like up, 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 up. And then, of course, everyone just like stopped talking about it when it started going down. And now it's going up again. And people are, I think they're just, they're trying to keep quiet because they're like, I'm going to sell when this hits back to what I invested. <laughs> so I don't want anyone to really. <laughs> oh, man. But um, hey, Rich, now it's always crypto folks against us. Oh, yeah, gosh. you know, you know, you know. So, um, Rich, it was awesome hanging out. Thank you so much. Um, You are the first official video guest people wanted to see video they're like we just want video i'm like okay then you're getting my bedroom with my spawn toys and rich's classy room and, in his hey, house you know yeah this uh, i just painted this room and by the way this video i i will tell you we didn't mention this about the m2 the upgraded uh webcam is phenomenal mm-hmm. compared to what it was before so um i i realized i should have used like continuity much. i should have used continuity camera my phone. I'll do that next well, time. Next time we do it. Huh? Yeah. It's too much work to do the continuity. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but it's like, it's so much easier just to use what's built in. But it's nice it's, to have that option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it. I'll do it with you next time, Rich. We'll set it up. We'll be like, okay. this is a continuity. All right. And you're going to be on the radio show soon, too. Yes, so that's I'm, right. Yeah. You know. I'll be there, my yeah. man. Always, always. So. Okay, Rich. We'll talk Thank to you soon. You. Thanks, buddy. All right, Brian. Take care. All right, everybody. It is always fun, you know, when we bring on guests, um, we can have some really good engaging conversations just about what's happening. And, um, it's always fun. Rich is a buddy of mine. We've been, we've known each other for years. So it's always cool when he comes on the show and we will obviously have him back. Now, before we go, we got to give big thanks to our platinum apples at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jared Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, and Glenn Canellis. Thank you so much for your support. And again, I say this every week. I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much to all of you who supported every level. You're the reason why I have been able to stay in the game and continue to do this. And I am so grateful. And I, you know, it's up to me to keep on just bringing you the best content and the best perspectives and inside scoops that I possibly can. And I'd still love to hear what your thoughts are all about the HomePod. Uh, we're hearing a lot of things. Some people say it sounds better. Some people say it doesn't sound as good. Some people are like, it's great. And there's so many different users and where they stand with the smart home. I'm really curious to see how the HomePod is going to do. It's just for my, my personal situation. If you own four home pods already, it's kind of hard to say like, I got to get this one at least right now. And if things change and if they maybe change that computational audio and it, it, it sounds basically just as good. Maybe it might convince me to jump over and try out a new one. But uh, until then, you know, we'll wait and see. So everybody take care. Thanks so much for watching. We'll be back. Same bad time, same bad channel. Thanks for, you know, out of all the first video versions of the podcast, it happened to be with not my highest, quality camera you know not with my dslr but in my bedroom in cupertino where really where really this all started i mean in fact i'm gonna show you something just ignore the fact that this is messy but look here see that see that mac os banner and the crt tv that is still here because my parents use this as a room but that's i that's how old school i am we i i'm so nerdy that i bought a banner from the retail store because i thought mac os 10 was the future of apple and it it really did become, you know, so much for them on the on the desktop platform. Then it's kind of I have all types of random posters. Trust me. So, all right, we're gonna stop talking about that. We will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week, or we'll talk to you next week. Either one. I'll flip a coin. We'll see if we'll do it a video again. But thanks so much for watching. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.